Hello and welcome to another episode of Everyday Thangs with Miss Pat, where we discuss everyday thangs in reference to psychology, media, and religion. After our three-part series on theory of mind, I found myself with some residual thoughts, which I decided to discuss today in a bonus episode. So just in case you've not yet listened to the podcast on theory of mind, please check them out. Part one breaks down theory of mind as a psychological term. Part two gives examples of how this applies to television as a form of media. And part three breaks down theory of mind in reference to religion. The first two are 11 and a half minutes each, and the third one is 15 minutes, so it will not take so much of your time. For reference sake, I will revisit the definition of theory of mind. Theory of mind is the ability to recognize the presence of mental states in ourselves and in others. Mental states are emotions, desires, intentions, beliefs, and knowledge. For more in-depth explanations, please check out the previous episodes. Now onto the extra thoughts on the podcast. Let me start with theory of mind in reference to religion. One of the things that kept ringing in my mind was the fact that religion is described as a social cultural system. This means that it is hard to discuss religion without referring to culture. So I will turn again to Wikipedia for the definition. Culture is an umbrella term which encompasses the social behavior and norms found in human societies, as well as knowledge, beliefs, art, laws, customs, capabilities, and habits of individuals in these groups. It is interesting how there are two overlapping terms in the definition of culture and theory of mind. These two terms are knowledge and beliefs. The things you know and the things you believe are personal to you as an individual, even though you interact with others. Our knowledge and our beliefs become like a template that we use to understand everything around us, including people. As we said before, theory of mind is a theory we create about what is happening in the mind of another person. Most times, we do not have some objective point of view of people. Perception is inherently subjective. In simpler terms, we will always see things from our own point of view. And our culture will shape how we see and understand things. Let's jump into an example. Religion often has a lot of imagery attached to it. In Christian texts, God is sometimes referred to as a father. When anyone hears father, they will tap into their generic knowledge of what they know a father to be. That is often determined by how their father was to them. So if he was aloof and difficult to approach, then they automatically associate this with God. If when this person was a child, they played with their dad and they could talk to their dad, the father protected them, then this person would attach those characteristics to God. If someone grew up during the war or when urbanization was a big thing, fathers were mostly absent. So how do you think this person will take it when they hear God is like a father? Of course, this is a very simplistic example. There are many other examples we can use. Just saying God will fight for me evokes different images in each mind depending on what they believe a fight is. So many picture old Roman style battles, some picture World War II, some picture Mike Tyson, some picture fierce online gaming battles. In essence, everything that we're given as input 
we will encode, translate, and understand it according to our own previous knowledge, culture, and traditions. So people will create a theory about who God is based on their social behavior and norms. Well, does this apply even to how we view and understand media? Absolutely. When we looked at theory of mind in reference to media, we used blackish as an example. If you're not black American, it is easy to misunderstand Dre's actions. But one of the reasons why I used blackish as an example is because it is one of the few shows that give extra tools to help the audience understand Dre. The creators of blackish give something called context. According to Oxford Dictionary, context is the circumstances that form the setting for an event, statement, or idea in terms of which it can be fully understood. So context is one of the tools that we can use to create a better theory of mind of someone who is from a different social cultural background from us. So when Dre leaves the little girl in the elevator, he gives a reason in context. This, however, doesn't mean that audiences will understand what he did or why he did it. Even with context, people may still misunderstand. Growing up, I watched a lot of American shows. I had never been to America. All I knew was what I watched on TV or in movies. There were several jokes that I never got and I had absolutely no idea. I thought I understood American TV because I grew up watching it. I thought that had given me enough context. But in 2008, I went to America for the first time. And after interacting with Americans, I started to rewatch some of the shows and movies that I'd previously watched. And I understood them on a completely different level. I remember one time visiting another country on vacation. And I decided to go and watch The Hangover 2, I think. The one where they visit a Buddhist temple in Bangkok. And one of the characters says, what is this? A pee of Changs? And I found myself laughing all by myself in that movie house. And it only clicked later that the country I was in did not have a pee of Changs. So they completely missed the reference. Moreover, they did not have the experience of American culture and American humor. So they didn't understand how this joke was a reference to the ignorance that some people have towards race, culture, religion. When they are not familiar with it, they will simply draw from the closest reference that they have to what they can see. But it's not just America. We all do this. When we're trying to make sense of something or someone, we make associations with the things that closest resemble what we are seeing. Unfortunately, most of us will draw from media and media has a lot of stereotypes. When we relate to people using stereotypes, the possibility of offending and hurting others is very high. But that is a story for another. The, day. the other side is that at times, while watching shows from other countries, we may find ourselves understanding and relating to the characters. How and why? Because there are several practices and traditions that are similar across countries and continents. This cross-section is what makes it possible for Africans to understand Arabic shows, for the Chinese to understand Japanese and Korean shows, for Americans to understand Canadian shows, and sometimes for Africans to understand Asian shows. Across races and cultures, we can understand each other if there is something in our culture and beliefs that is similar to the culture of others. But most importantly, the world is becoming a global community. So the more we are open to each other, the more we're getting to understand others. It's now easier for us to make a theory of mind of somebody who is across cultures. But let's not lie to ourselves. 
we're far from perfect in this regard. But honestly, we are much better than we were 50 years ago. Now, as human beings, if we're always going to look at things from a subjective point of view, this means that even if you are essentially from the same society and culture, you may still misunderstand the next person. This is because your mindset is determined by how you were raised. Your education, your home, your family, your culture, your race, your socioeconomic background, the media you're exposed to, your religion, and then on top of that, your personality as an individual. All the these things determine how you see things, how you build a theory of how other people think and how you understand or misunderstand situations, things, and people. Let's get back to the example that I gave in Theory of Mind Part 1. There was a couple and the husband bought the wife expensive stylish things and he didn't see anything wrong with what he did. In fact, he did it to express his love for her. He had always wanted to do something like this for his wife, but he couldn't afford it before. His socioeconomic background determined his mindset. However, what he did out of love was not received well. He was doing what he always wanted to do for his wife, but his wife didn't take it well. Some people might say she should have accepted the gift even though she wasn't happy with it. The thing is though, she had done this for years. Essentially, we cannot keep relating to other people from our point of view just because we feel this is how we express love. It doesn't help for you to give it if it's not going to be received that way, right? So it's not received as love. It's received as selfishness. I remember one time that I went through something like this and it was my best friend's birthday. I had a limited budget. So I spent almost my whole week's salary on a gift that she never wore ever. I remember asking her where it was and she said she doesn't know. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> One day I asked her why I had never seen her wearing my gift and she said she didn't like it. I looked at her in shock. I mean, we had been window shopping and she had pointed at these types of tops several times. So I was thinking, oh my gosh, I know what to get my girl for her birthday. I have it in the bag. I have been paying attention to all the little signs that she's been showing me, blah, blah, blah. Here I am, you know, building up myself thinking, I got it. I have the perfect theory of her mind. I know how she ticks. She's my best friend after all. So I know, you know, I'm her girl. I've got to know. <laughs> No, I did not know. She said to me, just because I say they were nice, it doesn't mean that I would ever wear them. I was hurt. I was like, how is she so selfish though? Doesn't she know that I spent almost my entire week's salary on her gift and she doesn't even know where it is? I mean, come on. And I thought she was so selfish. She should have just appreciated it because it was from her girl. It was out of love. It was a lot of money. But now looking back, I understand. I was being egocentric. According to Very Well Mind, egocentrism refers to someone's inability to understand that another person's point of view may be different from their own. It represents a cognitive bias in that someone would assume that others share the same perspective as they do, unable to imagine that other people would have a perception 
of their own. Like they got their own mind, y'all, right? So theory of mind helps us understand people. We're coming up with this theory of how we think they think, but egocentrism can get in the way. We will break this down in more detail in our next three-part series. So join me for the next podcast as I discuss egocentrism as a psychological term. That's it from me for today. I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. Bye!